Welcome or welcome back to Pre-Arb Excellence, a Roots-based Chicago Cubs podcast with an eye on player development. Pull up a chair while I take a deeper dive into the concerns for the team's present and future. Questions are always welcomed, whether on Twitter, Tim815, on the Anchor Contest Line, or on my Facebook Pre-Arb Excellence group. Thanks for stopping by for today's episode. More on a Euro model of baseball and ask me questions if I was confusing. I have no idea if you guys enjoyed my Euro model podcast or not. There are numbers. I don't know if you enjoyed it or not. I haven't had a whole lot of feedback on it, blowback on it. I haven't had anybody say I'm going to quit listening to the podcast because of it. Haven't heard anybody say I'm going to start listening to the podcast because of it. But it was something I think kind of needed to be said. The Euro model, Euro soccer model of how things are arranged. So much of it, Euro soccer was organized, was popular, was up and going on kind of before the current mindset kicked in, kind of before the current mindset kicked in, kind of like, kind of like, kind of like, kind of like, let's say if alcohol were developed tomorrow, not years and years and years and years and years ago, alcohol were developed tomorrow, would the distribution method be the same as it is now? Or would it be somewhat different seeing as alcohol has been bit been being distributed in the States for, what, when was there a hooch? Early 19s, early, uh, early 19, uh, during the Depression, obviously, um, when it was illegal to have hooch. But there, you know, there's been alcohol being distributed for years and years and decades and decades. And if you were to have something developed now, that were going to be distributed, distributed, whichever way you wish, it would probably be distributed differently now than if it would have been organized back in the day. People have been playing soccer in Europe for quite a while. After all, all it takes is a pitch, two nets, a ball, two 11s, and somebody running around with a whistle. That's basically all it takes. You don't need helmets, don't need shoulder pads, don't need field-specific shoes. You just play a game. You run around, and you don't even necessarily even need an official, depending upon what age group you're talking about. So it's entirely different with soccer, because soccer was come up with long enough ago so that soccer predates having an Everton owner. Soccer predates having um, stadia being named for corporations. Soccer's been going around forever. You know, it's been going on forever. So you have a team in whatever little town you're talking about. Luton Town has a soccer team. Luton Town has a soccer team. Are they any good? But they have a soccer team. So um, people in Luton Town probably watch Luton Town, check out their home games, follow their road games, da-da-da, whatever. And once in a while, they probably go into 
presumably London, and watch one of their other teams that they follow there. Well, yeah, I'm not following Luton Town. I follow whichever other team I am following. Maybe it would be Arsenal. Maybe it would be Tottenham. Whoever it is. Maybe it would be Chelsea. Whoever it is that they're following, they follow them. But, yeah, definitely Luton Town, because that's our local team. So you follow the local team, and you have the one other team that you follow as well. What's this have to do with a podcast on the Cubs? Well, this, this again, another one of those is probably a bit Cub-light. But there is something on the English football model that I left out of the other podcast that I think was a bit negligent, and it involves um, revenue. It involves revenue. A bunch of stuff involving the Euro football model does involve revenue. Revenue goes to the top teams more than it goes to the bottom teams. There is not really any that I know of significant revenue sharing going on. Chelsea makes a bunch of money. They do whatever the heck they want with it. Manchester United makes a bunch of money. They do whatever the heck they want with it. Manchester City makes a whole bunch of money. They do whatever the heck they want with it. Spend it on talent, refurbish their facility, however they want to do with it. Buy a couple of more scouts, whatever they want to do with it. One of the things that I've started to notice is not all European, not all English Premier League matches get equal coverage. Not all English Premier League matches get similar coverage. I don't know if you have SiriusXM. I don't know if you have something similar. I don't know if you have the MLB Network. I don't know what you have as far as your go-to for tracking ball games through the season. I don't know. Don't have to respond. But usually people have, yeah, I have that the, the app, the app I go to. So I'm, you know, I'm going to watch the Giants game or I'm going to watch the Phillies game or if you're like Tim, I'm going to listen to the Myrtle Beach game because it's actually going to be warm weather in Myrtle Beach in April, or at least moderately. And those games might be more realistic as far as assessing stuff for the future. You have your games that you can possibly select from. You choose one. You go to it. February 18th, I'm going to have some college games. Hey, I'm going to want to make sure I listen to that Florida State James Madison game. Good pitcher v. good hitter. Yeah, that will be educational. That will learn me some stuff. That's why I'm kind of interested in. You have your stations that you can listen to. And you choose them. You choose whichever ones work the best for you. Now, with the European football model, today was a reasonably good example of how things sometimes work. 
there were three games starting roughly the same time. Three games starting roughly at the same time. West Ham was playing against... Goodness, who did West Ham have? I should probably look this stuff up for you. Um, there were a lot of bottom of the shelf teams playing today and it, for, for three games. Um, West Ham had... I'm sorry, I'm delaying you a little bit. I should have probably looked this up, but I'm getting the page loaded. Now, Premier League. Click over, click over. Premier League. More. Click over. Click, click over. Scores. There we go. Now we're fine. West Ham played Watford. West Ham is probably... There are 20 teams. West Ham is probably in the 7, 8, 9, 10 range as far as popularity. 7, 8, 9, 10. And yes, those numbers are really important as far as coverage. Watford, W-A-T-F-O-R-D, they are down at the bottom bottom, bottom of the table, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, both in standings and basically popularity. The second game that started at about the same time was Newcastle against Everton. Newcastle is also down in the Watford range in the standings. They're probably a little bit more popular than Watford. But I would probably put them in the 14, 15, 16 range as far as popularity. They're the type of team that maybe somebody says, hey, I'm a big fan of Manchester City, but I kind of like Newcastle. I kind of want them to be successful. So they're kind of my second or third team. That might be the case with a lot of people. Um, Everton is basically in the same range as West Ham. Again, there are going to be some diehard Everton fans. There are not going to be a scandalously large amount of Everton is my number one team types. So you have West Ham, probably 7, 8, 9, 10. Watford down toward the bottom. Newcastle kind of possibly maybe a little bit above the bottom. Everton kind of in the West Ham range. Burnley who is down at the bottom, probably very well might get re relegated after this season back to a lower level, and Manchester United. So you have West Ham, you have Watford, you have Newcastle, you have Everton, you have Burnley, you have Manchester United. Now you don't have to know a whole lot about Euro soccer to know that Manchester United is among the top five or six teams. They're probably among the top three. Top four at the very least. You have Manchester City, you have Manchester United, you have Chelsea, and you have Liverpool. Those are the four primaries that 
get paid attention to. Those are the people, those are the squads that teams have the scarves of, the hoodies of, the kits of, the everything of. Those are the teams that people are really interested in. So, okay, I'm going to ask you a question. Today, there were three games that were starting about at the same time. Which game do you think they covered nationally on radio? Now, if they wanted a close match, a compelling match, something that before the um, match started, you might have thought, hey, this would be the probably the best game of the three. You might have gone with Newcastle-Everton because those two are probably about as closely aligned as any of the pairings. That, alas, was not the primary game. Could have also said West Ham against Watford because, well, West Ham, they're in the top seven or eight or nine. And, you know, Watford, it wasn't that game either. The game that got the national coverage was Manchester United against bottom of the table Burnley, which actually ended up being a 1-1 draw, somewhat surprisingly. But why did that game get chosen? Why did that game of the all of the three, why did that game get chosen? Because Manchester United is more popular than the other five teams. Manchester United is more popular than the other five teams, so they decided we are going to, on the radio, on Talk Sport, we are going to broadcast the Manchester United game and bring you all the goal action from the other two games as stuff happens. So let's go to tomorrow. Well, actually today. Let's go to the games on Wednesday. Three games start at 1.45. One game starts at 2 o'clock. Let's start with the 2 o'clock game. Leeds plays against, who is AVL? Aston Villa. Aston Villa kind of fits in with um, Aston Villa kind of fits in in with the uh, teams just a little bit below the top six. So with Aston Villa, um, they'll probably be a seven, eight, nine, ten sort of team as far as popularity. It's not that they're not popular. It's just that they're not that popular. So 7, 8, 9, 10, Aston Villa. And the opponent for Aston Villa, who I already told you, but I've already forgotten, is Aston Villa against Leeds. Leeds would probably be... I don't know if they'd be in the 7, 8, 9, 10 range or the 11, 12, 13, 14 range. Somewhere in there. I haven't, I haven't figured out everything yet. Amazingly. It's, it, I, I've been following three months. I don't have everything figured out. Leeds, I think they'd probably be in about the 12 range. Leeds, somewhere around there. Uh, so that's the 2 o'clock game. Um, 
Manchester City, way, 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 way at the top of the bracket, gets um, Brentwood, Brentford, Brentford, excuse me, Brentford, who uh, probably in that range of um, either Watford or Aston Villa or Leeds, you know, somewhere down the table as far as popularity. Norwich, bottom of the table, gets Crystal Palace. They'd probably be about 11 or 12. And Tottenham, who is basically the six, gets Southampton, who is, again, bottom of the table, probably 12th, 13th, 14th in popularity, something like that. So, which game or games, based on what you have been informed, you have Tottenham, Southampton, Norwich, Crystal Palace, Manchester City, Brentford, Aston Villa, Leeds. Which game or games do you think Talk Sport and subsequently SiriusXM will make it a point to have coverage of during the afternoon? Which game or games do you think will be covered during the afternoon, especially on a channel dedicated to that game and why that game or those games. If you guessed the Manchester City hosting Brentford and Tottenham hosting Southampton will be telecast, uh, will be broadcast on a radio channel, you would be absolutely correct. And why would they be the teams that are chosen? Because they're more popular. They are more popular. The teams that are more popular will get covered more in the English Premier League. If you have a matchup between two sides that are not popular, then they will probably get ignored. Thursday, 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 we have one game being covered. Wolverhampton against Arsenal. Liverpool against Leicester City. Actually, I think both of those are being covered. I think both of those are being covered. Why? Because Arsenal and Liverpool are both very popular. What ends up happening if you have a match between two teams who aren't in the top six, aren't in the top seven, that game probably will get disregarded and the coverage will go to the squads that are paid more attention to. And about this point, you're saying, well, what's this have to do with the Cubs? Arguably not a whole lot. Arguably not a whole lot. Arguably not a whole lot having to do with development of the Cubs. This, again, is more if you are discussing why is the European football model the way it is? And should it necessarily be directly mimicked, directly mimeographed, completely copied as far as something that would be good for all of baseball? 
I don't know about that. I don't know that baseball would be best served having 30 teams, six of whom are good, and 24 of whom none of the networks want to stream. I don't know that would be good. Any certain day, Burnley can have a good day. They can have they can get a win, they can get a draw. But usually they're not really very good, at least not as compared to the six teams at the top. Is that exactly specifically how we should want baseball organized? I guess that's going to be for you to decide. I would be somewhat uncomfortable with we're going to have 30 teams. 22, 23 of them are going to be bad. That doesn't seem like a good model. What seems more like a better model is let's have something set up where the front offices, based on how good the front offices are at assessing talent, at developing talent, at selecting talent, at maneuvering talent around, those teams are rewarded. Those teams are rewarded. It shouldn't just be a case of we have a team in Los Angeles that's going to get a lot of fans. We have a team in New York that's going to get a whole lot of fans. We have teams in three or four other cities that are going to get a whole lot of fans. Then the rest of the teams... Eh, screw y'all. Screw y'all. We're going to have five or six super teams and a whole bunch of bad squads. That doesn't seem ideal either. In baseball, it would seem useful to have some method by which A, players at some point sooner than 11 years into their professional careers get some sort of a choice as to where they wish to play, but yet the organizations putting together their organizational structure have some sort of control over how long they are going to be able to retain a player they select in the first round. So if someone were to say, Tim, would you be good with Jordan Wicks not being Cubs property for 11 years? but more along the lines of eight years or seven years. I'd have to see the entire picture, but I think I would be probably to an extent better with that than, no, he's he's going to have no choice over where he gets to play for the next 11 seasons. That just doesn't seem proper. Nor does Jordan Wicks ought to be a free agent completely free to choose whichever organization he wants to play in in 2024. There should be some sort of a some sort of an in-between. That's not going to happen in this CBA, I don't think. Rob Manfred and the owners do not want to negotiate. They do not want to give anything back and they are going to try as hard as they can to push to, mm, how do I want to put it, Uh, make the players look bad for the rights that they're trying to stand up for, something along those lines. And they're going to want to keep all the toys that they have. They're going to want to keep all the toys that they have. And we'll see who ends up winning on that count. But um, 
nothing is going to be ideal. Nothing is going to be perfect. There are going to be smaller market teams. And those smaller market teams are probably going to get some sort of a benefit from the larger market teams to keep them somewhat competitive. Because if you do have a situation where a system where the Milwaukee Brewers are only going to be spending $172 million on payroll and there is no draft and the Los Angeles Dodgers are going to be spending $500 million on payroll and the Yankees are going to be spending $500 million on payroll and the Red Sox are going to be spending $500 million on payroll and there are no punishments for them doing that, it will probably lead to the Yankees being really good, the Dodgers being really good, the Red Sox being really good, and whoever wants to spend that much money being really good. And the teams who can't or won't or don't, won't be. Baseball is better when you sit down to watch a game and, you know what, I don't know who's going to win. I don't know who's going to win. I know who's the better team, but I don't know who's going to win. I'm not that smart. Baseball is funny that way. Hey, we have a three-game series. If we win two, then we advance in the playoffs. Who's going to win the round? I don't know. I don't know. I, I want us to, but the other team is also really good. That's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. It should not be a case of there are 30 teams in the league and 24 of them are cat piss. That should not be how it is. It should not be teams in large markets are good, teams in small markets are bad. That is not a good way to have it. How's it going to end up? I don't know. I don't know. The Euro model, the Euro soccer model, is not ideal for baseball, not even remotely. And... If you look at who gets covered on game day, on talk sport, in Euro, in uh, English Premier League matches, you'll see that really clearly. The teams at the top get minded. The teams at the bottom do not get minded. That is far from ideal. And just going with the Euro model isn't going to happen. It would be ideal for the players, but it's not going to happen. It just isn't. So, yeah, it's not going to be a case of the owners completely lose this negotiation. It's not going to be a case of Tim is going to be completely happy. I would like to see the players treated less like property and more like professional athletes trying to earn a living for themselves and their family and their future. Um, some players are going to do that incredibly successfully. Some players, due to injuries and other reasons, are going to have a lot more difficulty. I'm hoping the players at least get a 1-1 draw, whether that happens or not. We might find out at some point, but until that 1-1 draw happens or until the owners win 2-1 on penalties or whatever it ends up being, 
starting on Friday next, I'm going to be more interested in college baseball than I'm going to be a lot more interested in college baseball than I had been than I will be on discussing the strike. The, the lockout, I mean. I'm not going to be interested in discussing the lockout, at least until something actually happens. Um, hopefully, good things happen for the... Uh, hopefully, good things happen for the players. We will find out. Thanks for stopping by. Um, Pre-Arb Excellence, I will have another podcast up soon, and probably this one won't talk nearly as much about English Premier League soccer as two of the most recent ones have.